All right, thank you so much for tuning in to Forward Thinking Founders. This is the podcast where we highlight undiscovered talent. We're scanning Y Combinator, Pioneer, Product Hunt, Twitter, Indie Hackers, all these different networks to find really interesting founders and interesting projects and startups. And we feature them on the podcast before you've probably heard of any of them. And what's great about this is you get to follow along on their journey as they become more and more successful and say, I knew them when. So thank you so much for tuning in to Forward Thinking Founders. And let's get into our next founder you haven't heard of, but you will. All right. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions of the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Sarah Reynolds who is the creator of She256. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Great. Thank you so much for having me. It's going awesome. I'm excited to get to talk a little bit more with you all about She256. Yeah, and I'm excited to learn more about it. For, for people that don't know what it is or they haven't heard it before, can you give us an idea of what you're working on? Yeah. So at its core, um, She256 is a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to increasing diversity and breaking down barriers to entry in crypto. Um, And we mostly work on accomplishing this through mentorship, education, um, and kind of community-oriented events. Um, Yeah, we've done tons of initiatives in the past two years, um, and we started out um, initially as just a women in blockchain conference in the Bay Area and have kind of expanded to this, um, you know, nonprofit touching various sectors. So I have a two-pronged question. So this isn't just specifically tech. This is, this is blockchain. So I'd love to hear um, kind of how you got interested in blockchain and crypto. And then I would love to hear, um, Honestly, just the lay of the land of uh, what's what's it like in blockchain. I know in tech, you know, it's not the most diverse. Um, I'd love to hear like where it's at in blockchain and then where you're trying to kind of contribute and what she 256 does. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's a loaded question. Um, I'll start with the first part, which is how I got interested in blockchain. Um, Before I started college at UC Berkeley, I was working on a blockchain consulting team. And I got introduced to the Blockchain at Berkeley team, which is a student organization based in Berkeley, and have done a bunch of education um, through that program. So I taught one of the student classes there on blockchain fundamentals that just gave kind of an overview of the Bitcoin and Ethereum ecosystem and some of the technology that's being used there. Um, And then after that, I got really interested in kind of the security and cryptographic uh, protocols that are being used with blockchain technology, because I think... Um, you know, you're seeing a lot more usage of these things um, with, you know, any kind of blockchain tech. Um, So I got really interested in that. um, And, you know, after, you know, being in blockchain at Berkeley for a little bit, um, I met my current co-founders and that's when we decided to create Sheet56. And I think what's really interesting, this kind of leads into your second question, which is, you know, what is it like in the space um, you know, especially with regards to diversity is, um, blockchain is relatively new if you compare it to like the rise of the internet, um, et cetera, which there's some really interesting parallels there. Um, yeah. So like Bitcoin was created out of 2008 and, um, you know, relatively new, which I think presents a really interesting opportunity for an organization like Sheet 56 to play into, which is that 
because it's such a nascent space, there's a really unique opportunity to change and kind of mold the culture before it becomes, um, you know, before there's a precedent to be set against inclusivity and diversity. Um, and so at She Do 56, we really have this goal of setting that precedent for starting out with the crypto, you know, ecosystem and then kind of carrying that, you know, beyond into any other ecosystem and industry. So we'd love to hear about some of the, um, I don't know if the word is like activities, but like what are some of the functions of SHE256? Do you sponsor events? Do you put on events? Do you have communities? We'd love to hear kind of, yeah, some of the core pillars of what you do. Um, and then we totally. can kind of go from there. Yeah. Okay, cool. So um, our three core pillars of what we do is mentorship, education, and community events. So um, I'll start with mentorship. Um, for the past two years, we've put on a mentorship program. So this pairs mentors and mentees, where mentees are kind of any um, female identifying individual interested in learning anything about crypto, blockchain. You don't have to have any prior knowledge. And we match you based on, you know, the form you fill out and your skill sets and what you want to learn with a mentor who's really established in the space and kind of takes on this commitment to meet with you monthly and guide you either you know reading white papers or exploring different protocols or answering any questions you have really um so we've been doing this for about two years and this has touched thousands across i think we have matches in 35 plus countries which has been really awesome um some of the education piece we do at sheet 56 is around a series we like to call welcome to blockchain so um, one of our members, Elaine, has developed a blockchain curriculum course, um, just kind of blo blockchain 101. Um, and we've, you know, given this pilot at various high schools in San Francisco, um, at a design-a-thon that we put on, at kind of some of these lower scale meetups where we just kind of say anyone who wants to learn come um, and we'll give you this, you know, free kind of educational materials and tools and space to ask questions and learn with us. Um, and then this also plays into a bit of the community piece that we partner with a lot of companies in the space and do various events um, that promote new people to get involved, that connect people in the space already. Um, and I think one piece of the community aspect that I also really like is a, um, it's a medium article series that we call Fireside Chats and it highlights women in industry to kind of, you know, allow other people to see the awesome work that they're doing and also spotlight them to show that, you know, this can be done. Um, and here's kind of the path they went on to get to where they are. Um, so lots of fun stuff and really, you know, we always have interesting ideas and, and events to put on um, and not enough time or people to do it. So we're trying to look at for creative ways to make it, you know, more scalable, more global, et cetera. So this might be kind of a basic question, but it's something that I always am curious about. So yeah. some people that I talk to on the podcast that are very into crypto and the trading and, and tokens mm -hmm. and things like that, but then there's the, tech, the underlying technology, um, which, which is blockchain, would love to hear um, if someone is, can, can, can someone be interested in blockchain, but not interested in crypto? And if so, what are the, some of the ways that someone can use blockchain, build products with it, you know, get a job with it um, outside of the crypto sphere? And also, if you're interested in the crypto stuff, we can talk about that as well. I'm curious outside of it, yeah. um, how can you get involved? 
Absolutely. So, I mean, I'm going to take this back, I think, to kind of a thesis that the team at She256 kind of has been preaching for the past few years, which is if we really believe and if the whole crypto ecosystem really believes that this technology is going to shape our future financial and governance structures, it's crucial that those building these systems and taking part in this ecosystem are representative of that global diverse population of which they're to serve. And so this, this kind of speaks to this question because we need to be introducing people to blockchain technology in many different facets, not just kind of trading or coding, right? There's a big problem, I think, especially around design with blockchain um, applications. And that's something we also try to tackle. There's also a huge opportunity to get involved in kind of the legal space because it's so, so new, um, you know, not there hasn't been too many regulations. Um, it's pretty undefined in a lot of countries. So, you know, there's so many different pockets to get involved. And we try to hit kind of every single one of those and bring in lawyers and designers and, um, you know, builders as well. Um, I would say for people that are, you know, just interested in kind of doing something with crypto, um, a lot of the DeFi applications are pretty um, easy to use and you can do things like earn interest on money. Um, most of these applications are going to be, you know, very financially forward because that's just the most ubiquitous, you know, I guess, application of crypto that there is today. Um, but you start to see kind of some interesting other applications pop up here and there, um, you know, like the crypto kitties that took off um, last year, a couple of years ago. So, you know, there's, there's a ton of different facets to get involved. And I think like, I would just say that starting out with making that connection and, and talking to someone who kind of knows the space and can help you kind of direct your way into your unique position in the ecosystem is like the, a great way to start off. You mentioned that there are a lot of parallels between where blockchain is now and where the internet was when it started. I remember listening to a podcast with Mark Andreessen when he gave like mm. the 42 steps needed to like hook up to the internet or like do something with the server. Exactly. And it it yeah. kind of feels that way um, with blockchain now. It's a very early. I'd love to hear like what, what are your thoughts on the similarities um, between, you know, blockchain now and the internet back then? And also, do you have like, I mean, obviously no one knows, but what do you think of timeline in regards to the adoption curve for blockchain? Are we close to it getting big? Is it not close? Uh, how, how do you think about that? Yeah. Okay. So for the first piece, I think, um, I mean, one of the most interesting parallels, I think, is this notion of addresses um, and like private key, public key pairings that you see in these crypto systems, because they're really similar to something like a username and a password or like your email address. And it was funny because I've seen a couple of old news shows where you have like a news reporter and you know, back when the internet was kind of booming and no one really knew what it was. You have this reporter who's telling people, you know, what the at symbol is in an email address. And so I think like, I see that parallel and I mention it only because with say, you know, like Ethereum addresses, you have this weird like zero X, you know, long, you know, number string after. And if that's what users are looking at right when they get into their wallet, they're going to be super confused if they haven't, you know, seen something like this before. And that was very similar right at the rise of the internet too. And so, you know, I don't know if it's going to be, okay, let's teach everyone the nitty gritty under, you know, details of all of these crypto systems. Like, in fact, I, I don't think it's going to be like that. I don't think that, um, 
people are going to be, you know, crypto is super, super technical and it's really hard to abstract these things away. But I think that's what it's going to come down to is thinking of creative solutions to abstract things like wallet addresses and private keys away from users um, to kind of get the general population interested in it. And then, you know, once you have this kind of foot in the water, you can kind of start hinting at other kinds of things they can explore and get more deep into the actual technology. Um, as far as the second question, which is, you know, what does the adoption curve look like? I think it, it's really tough because, you know, we talk about the blockchain ecosystem as kind of this like three layer approach. And I think at each layer, there's stuff to be built. And so the at layer one, which is kind of, or at, at the very top level, which is, you know, where people, you know, you know, people not in crypto, um, people using very centralized systems, they need to interact some way with, you know, crypto tech. And this is, this definitely needs to be built out more. There's still, there's a lot of, you know, companies looking to whose main audience is, you know, these non-technical users and they still haven't solved it. You still see, I've, I actually just did some user interviews and a lot of people um, in the demographic of like 17 to 24, um, there's a large portion of people that are automatically turned away by any kind of company that, you know, advertises crypto in any way. And so there's kind of this issue where you almost need to abstract crypto so far away that they're not even interacting with it directly but they're getting some benefits with it a little bit um, to kind of see that value realize that value and then take the next step and explore further with these more crypto forward products it's so funny you mentioned that i think it was yesterday maybe two days ago there was a product that launched on product called magic uh, magic link and I, um, it's pretty much just like a, a passwordless system, but it seems to be more intelligent than some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. And on their website, they mention that like, oh, if you want further cost, like if you want this to be more custom or, you know, we're built on Ethereum, so you can do X, Y, and Z. But it was, it was, it was noted once on the website and not like the header, right? Which, <laughs> which I thought was awesome. I thought yeah. I like, that's yeah. not something that, that I think everyone's going to come to that for but it but people that get it will be able to know and then and then play with whatever they're able to do right with it. exactly yeah that's really cool for sure what are some of the so, so i'm a founder you know right right like right now i'm working for a high growth company which is great but it, it, it at some point in the next like 10 years i want to get back into the field and i want to like start something right um yeah. or at least like some point in the future um and I am looking at blockchain as a technology that's like, well, this is going to be big. And this is where, you know, going back to injuries and horror, it's like, it's like, it's not a matter of if it's not a matter of uh, if it's when it's like, when will it be the right time to build on it? Like, what are some of the things that you, you want um, or you wish people were building on with blockchain? And like, I guess, do, what are some of the application products? Maybe they're not being built today, but what could be built or what's close to being built on blockchain? Just to help me understand, like, what are some product categories that can be done on this thing? Yeah, well, I, it's hard to answer that question and say, you know, what would I want to be building right now? Or what do I think could, could be really interesting right now? Because I think, there's so many people tackling this, right? There's so many different startups popping up um, and building out these applications that we see that are needed. But I think what I will talk about is um, 
I'm really excited about um, companies that start and build a moat around community because that's a huge aspect, I think, of, of what kind of decentralization can bring. And you see this as companies like, um, like Compound start and, you know, build a product that is fundamentally like a marketplace product. So they're matching, you know, some kind of, um, you know, producer or seller, et cetera. Um, but you slowly start to see them decentralize the protocol and give governance back to people who want to partake in some decisions. And I love that idea. I think crypto uniquely enables this to happen. So I'm really excited to see more products like this. And that's something I would say is if I were going to start a startup or build something, I would want to go for that. Build a marketplace that you can build a community around and slowly decentralize that community and give them ownership into what happens to the protocol. I think that's really exciting. I've heard the word protocol like a hundred times when talking to people in crypto and blockchain yeah. and what it means. Um, and I feel like I should understand by now, but I don't. Can you, um, can you, do, is, is it like technically, is it technical to the point where it's hard to explain or can you try to explain like what is a protocol even in layman's yeah. terms? Cause I, I feel like I should yeah, know that it's by so now. Tough because no, no, I totally, I totally understand that. I, I, and it's funny because I don't realize that, I'm saying protocol and some people are like, what? Like, that doesn't really make any sense. Like, I guess when I say protocol, I, I, I somewhat mean product, um, but it's definitely more technical or it refers to like um, an actual, you know, piece of, you know, actual stack of code that exists in some GitHub or some open source. Like usually I'll, it'll be referring to like an open source protocol. So some like tech stack of code that, you know, is built and makes this product, quote unquote, work. Um, it's it's hard to say product because it's not like a physical thing, right? So I, I think an easy way to say it is protocol is like kind of an abstracted way of, of, of referencing a product or something that this company, quote unquote, is providing for people. Um, and, and they're doing it through this like code stack or, you know, yeah. It's actually very helpful how it's like, it's not exactly a product, but it can be potentially like a synonym. Like if, if you hear product, you can, yeah. you can replace, you know, with product in your head and it like still kind of makes sense. That, that honestly is, yeah. a, is a great, a great way to um, help me understand it, which is good. What, um, so now like going back to, to your, to your nonprofit. So mm -hmm. I'd love to hear like, what's the big uh, vision for it? And, you know, if you look out, 10 years 20 years as long as that as you want you know what Absolutely. what could it what could it be what could it look like what 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 offerings will it have what's the big vision yeah okay i love this question um i i can break it down i think by like one and then five and ten years because i think they're fundamentally a little bit different so um for the first this next year so so we've been um around for about two years which has been awesome um, and for the next year, we're really honing in on data gathering. So, you know, if we're going to make impactful change, I think it's going to have to be data driven. So we want to know what problems people are actually experiencing. We have hypotheses and that's what we've kind of been playing towards in the past two years. But we want to be really specific about the kinds of problems people in this space are, are, are facing um, and, and how we can attack those in the best way possible. And so we're actually, you know, one of the approaches that we're doing to this is the first ever um, future, we're calling it the future of blockchain study. And, you know, there, 
it's basically the first ever study done on kind of the culture and community in blockchain and crypto. Um, and it just asks basic questions about, you know, uh, team culture, et cetera. How you know, how many women are working in, in blockchain right now? How diverse is this team? How inclusive is it? Et cetera. Um, and so we're trying to gather data around that. And I think for the first, this next year, that's what we're going to be focusing on is data gathering and then coming up with approaches to attack that. And then I think five years down the line, I really see she 56 scaling and becoming, um, more of like a global nonprofit. So we, you'll start to see chapters pop up. Um, not just in kind of the Bay Area where we're located right now, but, um, you know, Boston, New York, East Coast, maybe we can get a couple of universities, um, you know, in Europe, et cetera, on board and have, we really, I think internally want to have a, an awesome scalable ambassador kind of program where we can get a lot of people involved, um, on this kind of global scale. And at that point, I think that externally, you know, with regards to, companies and startups in this space, I think we kind of want to be known as like the one-stop shop to getting involved into crypto. Um, and, and also kind of to, to coming to ask questions um, and just as kind of this awesome community resource, um, even for companies, like we'd love to, to be a resource to other companies looking to, to make that step and, and, you know, challenge their internal team structures and say, how can we be a better company and, you know, really fight for inclusion in our company. Um, and so I think we want to be that, you know, one-stop shop. And then I think 10 years down the line, um, it's a, it's a big goal, but I, I do think it's possible with the amount of work that we're putting in now, which is ideally there's a world in which you see an awesome 50-50 split. You see a really great, diverse, and inclusive ecosystem, and you see that crypto has built this because it's so new and there's so much that can be molded. So you start to see other industries look to crypto and say, how can we do that? How can we model, you know, this company after that? And then that you we start to be able to set this precedent for other industries and other ecosystems that that's like, hey, yeah, we built this from the ground up we can do it and we can abstract it away, you know, this process of building a community and building a movement around this to, you know, the general tech industry and, and other industries alike. Um, yeah. So the, those are the big goals. <laughs> yeah. That's a very, very well articulated vision of the future and different points in the future. I, I appreciate it. I think you're the only guest you have such like an articulated, uh, articulate kind of, vision so that's cool good for you um and and to make that happen you know to to make the 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 year one vision happen to the year 10 you're going to need some help you know you know from from all all sorts of people including the forward thinking founders community so my last question for you is is there an ask that you have that one of our listeners or a bunch of our listeners potentially help with uh yeah i guess how can we help and what way we can um yeah help out totally well, I would say a really easy way to get involved and kind of help with this mission is, um, you know, one, if you don't know what crypto is, but you're interested in it, reach out and let's learn this together. We have a ton of available new kind of beginner resources. Um, and we're actually starting a, a new one page resource guide for anyone, any kind of newbie looking to read things about crypto. Um, so 
that's one thing. Um, if you are involved in the crypto space, I would say um, take our diversity in blockchain study um, or future of blockchain study. I think this would, it's really, really quick um, and it's very helpful. And if you're kind of a founder of a startup in the crypto space, um, there's actually opportunities to kind of join our partner program. Um, and there's more of that available on the website, but that's really awesome too. We're, we're kind of creating an alliance of companies that want to rally behind the same mission that I've talked about today. Um, and then finally, you know, if you're in the general kind of founder community, um, you know, not super involved in crypto, um, I would just encourage you to explore more. Um, there's so much that, that can be learned. Um, and I love it. And I, I want to share that kind of passion for it with, with the rest of the community. Um, yeah. All right. All great asks for a great organization. Thank you so much for coming on to the Forward Thinking Founders podcast. Your, especially your 10-year vision is, is really cool, and I'd love to see it happen. So I wish you the best of luck, and hopefully you, know, you get some listeners reaching out and, we, you know, and help, help make it happen. So thanks again for coming great. on, and best of luck moving forward. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into that episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. And luckily, there's another one coming up real soon. But before then, I have a couple things to tell you. First, if you're listening to this and you think you're working on something cool or you think you're smart, hit me up on Twitter. I am at Matt underscore Sherman, and that is Matt with one T. So hit me up, shoot me a DM, and I'm happy to check out what you're working on and maybe we can get you on the pod. But at the very least, I'm happy to give you feedback on your product or project or startup. Lastly, if you can please rate this podcast in the iTunes store, that would be awesome. I'm trying to get up in the rankings so more people can discover these awesome founders. And the only way to do that or one of the ways to do that is growing with rankings. So if you like what you're listening to, please just go onto the iTunes store, give it five stars or four, you know, or three. I'm not going to tell you what to give, but just tell whatever I deserve, you should rate that. With that, I'm signing off. See you next time.